0: Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chitam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today's show is brought to you by Run for PRs Coaching. So Run for PRs Coaching was created to help runners discover their inner strength. They understand how difficult it can be to juggle training family, career, and other pursuits and are excited to help support you in your athletic journey while pushing you to discover new heights. So run for pr coaches work with athletes from all over the world through an online coaching platform that allows them to set your schedule, review your runs, communicate feedback, and most importantly, hold you accountable. So all their coaches are Boston qualifiers with years of coaching and running experience. You can learn more at run 4 prsco And on Instagram. And their handle is at run4prs. They have like 75,000 followers on Instagram. If you're listening to this already, you probably already do follow them on Instagram. Um, But if you go and you um, kind of fill out their little questionnaire on their website, it's very useful. It gives them a little handle on uh, where you may be coming from as a runner. And you put in Rambling Runner podcast and how you hear about us section. I certainly appreciate that because it definitely helps out the show. So want to give another shout out to my friends over at Megaton Coffee, the official fuel over here at Rambling Runner Podcast. If you're like me, you wake up early, you have early caffeine. I know I do, and Megaton Coffee, that's their deal. It's great tasting. Get a little get, I think it's twice the caffeine of a normal cup of coffee, but it's not espresso and it tastes great. And if you don't like it, it's a it's a free it's no, it's a money back guarantee. Sorry about that. It's money back guarantee if you don't like it. These guys are great. I really appreciate them supporting this show, and you can check them out at MegatonCoffee.com. So, episode 101. We got to, we passed the century mark last episode, and now we're hitting it up. The first episode of the next 100, we have this unbelievable runner and woman, person. It's everything. I've been following her for a while. She is fantastic, and her name is Stephanie Flippin. So, Stephanie is... So she started out marathoning in 2012. You're going to hear all about this in the podcast, but immediately was drawn to more miles. So she is uh, an ultra marathoner as well as a marathoner. So she does both, actively does both. And we explore that in this episode because usually for a lot of people, it's kind of one or the other, right? It's like the trail ultra marathoners or kind of the road-based marathoners and kind of never the two shall meet. Type type uh, situation for a lot of people, but she has really embraced both. Not only that, she races all the time, and she has just gotten steadily better. And not only that, she has improved improved at distances where people thought she wouldn't be able to. A lot of people thought that she wouldn't be able to get faster. Uh, she's been putting in all these miles. There's no way to improve your speed doing that. And with the help of her coach, she most certainly did that. She went from a 350 marathon down to a 325 marathon in one training cycle. And obviously, it's a unique situation because you already had a huge foundation from a miles perspective. But hey, anytime you drop 35 minutes off of a PR, that is a big, big deal. So I want to thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for sharing the show. I really appreciate it. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Stephanie Flippin. Hello, Stephanie, the Rambling Runner podcast.
1: (laughs) Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for having me.
0: It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, I am so excited to have you on. You're someone who I had um, kind of targeted for a while. It's kind of like watching, like, she's doing some (laughs) amazing stuff. Like, it'd be great to have her on the show. I had some people reaching out to me saying like hey you should really you know check her out like this should be great and then you had quite an amazing last eight or nine days now I mean, you really <laughs> you really stepped it up and you were you know, um, <laughs> so you did the run the run rabbit run 50 yeah last two weekends ago so we're yep. recording this on a monday night and then this past weekend uh on the 22nd of september you then went up to vancouver into the Lululemon Seawee's Half Marathon. Not only did it, but then ran one thirty, yeah, six forty-eight mile pace. And this is in addition to the numerous races you have done recently, all at extreme lengths. So, I, as I said before to you, I just—it's amazing to me that you'd be even be awake to do this at night because you are <laughs> doing amazing things from a running perspective. You're also a doctor, a foot and ankle surgeon no less so you're doing a lot of stuff in 24 hours so first of all (laughs) congratulations on the race this weekend
1: oh thank you so much i really appreciate that
0: (laughs) so you didn't you didn't have great weather up there though
1: no unfortunately i mean it's all good i just roll with the punches but um in like true pacific northwest fashion it poured rain on us the entire time Um, but you know, it was a fun time. Um, there was tons of cool people out there. Um, and I was there with one of my best friends, so it was a lot of fun.
0: So you're, you kind of brave the elements. You do all sorts of like, you're, you're, you're an ultra marathon. You know, you're experienced ultra marathoner. You've done a lot. And when the weather gets nasty like that, obviously Mm -hmm. you're not going to run faster in that weather. No, (laughs) however, you might run faster, relatively speaking. Do you ever think like that? Do you ever think like, do you ever get competitive and say like, well, like, you know, I've done all sorts of races now, like I'm tough. I can fight through this and maybe I'll like, I'll be placed higher. Or how how do you approach (laughs) the weather when it's not just like not ideal, but when it's not desirable? Sure.
1: Well, you know, what? I feel like my coach has said this before. Um, Even on a day that gives you like, 50% 50% weather, you know, a hundred percent being ideal conditions, you know, breezy 50 degrees or 55 degrees. Um, you can still give 100% of yourself. Um, so I don't know. I just kind of approach any type of adversity that race day throws just, I mean, every runner is out there facing the same conditions. Um, we can all still give it our best and I try not to take things too seriously. Um, time-wise or, you know, I just kind of adjust to the conditions just based on whatever happens, happens. I can still give it my best shot.
0: Right. I hear you. See, for me, it can be hard to like, yeah. do both of those things at the same time to yeah. be like, to be serious about putting in a max effort, but then like to be completely laissez faire about all of like the superfluous stuff.
1: I know it is. It's, it's definitely a mental game for sure.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And especially because, like, if you keep track of what the weather is, because at some level, you have to. Yeah. Right? like not, not that you went through This was not Boston Marathon 2018. I don't want to no. play. I don't want <laughs> to right, act right. like it was. Right. But, like, just, just generally speaking. Yeah. If you're keeping track of the weather just to make sure that, especially if you're traveling for a race, that you have mm-hmm. all the appropriate gear. It's also hard to, like, keep track of it on one yeah. hand and not mm-hmm. care about it on the I other. I know
1: yeah that's true that's a good point I I guess I came from run rabbit run last weekend where it was like 90 degrees like real feel um up up in the mountains even um so honestly I was like you know what? what's a little bit of rain (laughs) maybe they'll just feel nice after last weekend so
0: which do you prefer like if if it's not going to be perfect which direction would you rather go
1: If it's not going to be perfect, I would definitely choose cold or rain any day (laughs) over the heat. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, because you can always warm up. Yeah. Right. right. You can always dress to the occasion, but you can't just get cooler.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: So. That's interesting. So you kick butt. You ran 130. That's awesome. (laughs) So you said you don't try to stress about time. So when you go into a race like this, if it's not a stress, obviously, you're. I'm assuming you're aware of it. How do you approach it? though did you go in with certain goals or from a pacing Um, perspective
1: sure so well the whole deal is is that i wasn't exactly sure um when i was planning out my race schedule um if i was going to be even running the entire distance at run rabbit run um i was mostly there to support my husband um who's wrapping up his um 100 mile uh race uh circuit right now or cycle i mean um so talking to my coach about it um things went a little differently at run rabbit run than I had anticipated. Uh, and I ended up going the full distance and plus a little bit more. Um, so after that, um,
0: so you I went hadn't... 54 miles. Yes. So you weren't yeah. sure you were going to run 50. <laughs> instead, right. you were, You're you an overachiever. You went over 54. Yeah.
1: Instead. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly by choice, but that's, it's okay. Um, so after that happened, um, I kind of just adjusted my mindset going into uh seaweeds and didn't want to put like a hard time goal on it. Um, I really just wanted to do my realistic best, taking into consideration that I had put a lot of mileage on my legs uh the week before, and I didn't exactly taper or rest up for that race so
0: yeah so that that's always a fun thing. I think when people who race more often uh-huh get into that mode of like all right so you want you want to do your best but you're not exactly sure what that means because you don't have fresh legs like i don't race a lot so when Mm -hmm. i race it's like i'm very aware that like i i'm gonna be fresh Mm -hmm. because like you know i'll race once every two or three months so like there's no reason for me not to be fresh right like i think i've targeted that race whereas Mm -hmm. for you it's a very different thing like you just mentioned so how do you so say this so just use this past weekend as an example. So for 13 sure. miles, how do you approach the first few miles? Is it a feeling out process? How do you how do you go through the idea of making sure that you're paced appropriately but still trying to get the most out of what you have that day?
1: Sure. Um so my kind of mindset going into it was I my like I said I didn't really have a hard time goal but I've been quality uh speed workouts recently so i thought you know what like if i can get close to 130 possibly break 130 it's not an ideal weather day um so i knew the pace that was required going into that and i thought well if i can start the race going in at around like a seven minute per mile pace and then kind of cut it down um dip as far as i can into the sixes um I would be happy. Um, and I kind of just felt it out for that first 5k. Um, I was feeling really good. Um, I was running with, um, a large pack of, I think a Canadian men's running club. Um, and I guess I started to get a little bit competitive. I thought, you know, I I can kind of hang in here with these guys. So let's just see what I've got today.
0: The beginning part of that story, like put my jaw on the floor so you're like <laughs> you mentioned that you weren't going into with a hard goal but you did want to set a pr those are like yeah. very like contradictory <laughs> i know i know so, and, and not that that's ridiculous not that that's crazy because it's not but it's right coming a week off of running 54 miles
1: yeah in
0: mountain trails yeah like, can so Let's, let's just leave there for a second because that's like such an amazing thing to talk about. I, so you, your first marathon was in 2012.
1: Uh, yes, you, correct.
0: When you ran that, did you ever think that you would say something like that you just said? Like, no. The week I, after running 54 miles, I'm going to set my half marathon PR in the rain. No, absolutely
1: not. I, after I ran my first marathon, I I mean, I wanted to continue running. Um, There was no feeling like completing that first Chicago marathon, but I never thought I would turn into an ultra runner or uh, going over 26.2 miles. So I never saw that.
0: So what was the impetus to to do your first marathon or to start running um, running seriously?
1: Well, um, I... Finished college. Um, I graduated in 2010. Um, I took a year off. Um, I wasn't really sure where I was going career-wise or grad school or anything like that. I just wasn't really happy. Um, I was kind of. I had a lot of, I feel like self guilt um, just from. I felt like I partied pretty hard through college. Um, I didn't achieve some of the goals that I had hoped to um, throughout those four years. Like what? Um. Well. I guess I kind of let my grades slip, um, and I, in my mind, I kind of thought that I hadn't really held myself up to the standards that I thought I would um, going in, so I took that year off, Um, I went through a couple, uh, well, a a pretty bad breakup, so I felt like I was going through some depression, um, maybe some anxiety, too. Um, but then after that year that I took off, I started running, um, with my dad, um, who's an all American soccer, basketball player. I've kind of always reigned with him, um, my whole life growing up, but I wasn't like a high school runner. I didn't run in college or anything like that. Um, so I kind of started picking that back up with him. Um, cause I was living back at home uh, during that time and, uh, Throughout that year, I ended up applying to medical schools, um, kind of picking myself back up off my feet. And I ended up moving to Chicago for school um, in the summer of 2011. Um, And it was pretty stressful. (laughs) Um, I was born and raised in San Diego, and I really hadn't ever left um, the area until I moved to Chicago. Um, So I moved to Chicago all by myself. I didn't know anyone. And you know the workload was tough, and I kind of just turned to running um, and distance running to have that kind of outlet for all that stress. So um, I also and what,
0: yeah. Right, I'm sorry. Keep oh
1: going. no. I, oh no no. I was just gonna say um, that that fall in 2011, I actually I worked the medical tent at the Chicago Marathon, and I just I was just overcome with. Just the excitement and the adrenaline. Um, I watched all the elites cross that finish line, and I knew I had to run it the, the following year. So,
0: now that's a pretty big step, right? To yeah. Like I'm running. Yeah. I'm, run, I'm running to like deal with stress right. to be like marathon. Right. Here I come. One year later. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't yeah. like you weren't busy.
1: No, no, I wasn't. Um, I was extremely busy, but I felt like the running just really grounded me um and it just it gave me a sense of self-confidence um that I'd I'd really been lacking didn't really like the person um that I was or when I looked in the mirror um pre- like in the year previously um and once I started running that that all seemed to change I I kind of got my like muchness back if that makes sense
0: you're what you what back
1: my muchness
0: your muchness <laughs> That's a new yeah. phrase for me. I have a new word. I haven't heard that one.
1: Yeah, I don't know where I got that from, but I've kind of always used it ever since. I don't know. All right,
0: I want to, I want to hear more about this. So, what was the? What was your first indication that running was providing that for you? Like, was it was like a clear um, cut example of like you were either interacting socially or, you know, privately, sure. you just felt felt different way.
1: I felt I felt stronger and. What like I mean my first marathon in twenty twelve twenty twelve, excuse me, um was by no means fast at all. Um, I didn't have a coach. I self trained myself using like an like a I think it was Hal Higdon's um, you know, beginners marathon training plan. No offense to Hal Higdon, you know, it's but that's you know, I just did it myself not really knowing anything. Um, I pretty much overtrained for it and I ended up um with a sacro Iliac, um, injury like the month before, but that feeling just crossing the finish line of my first race, um, I finally felt like I was running towards something as opposed to running away from something. Um, and that was pretty much it for me after that. I down that feeling, um,
0: and those goals. So, and when you say you're running towards something, was that more mental and emotional than physical?
1: but the goal deal.
0: <laughs> got it. Yeah. I mean, you, you, just, just, just the way that you approached it I and mean, it certainly seemed that way. And for a lot sure. of people who are, who start running as a stress relief type thing, or, you know, either, you know, like if they have a sedentary job, and it's just a way to like, kind of be out and about. It certainly can, can start in that way. And um, when you mentioned that you were, you kind of went out too hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you, It's funny because usually when you hear people have the Hal Hagen plan, I swear to God, half of the people who've been on (laughs) this show, their first marathon, they called the Hal Hagen plan. I think that I think that he's probably made like ten thousand dollars just off rambling runner guests, right? From what what I can from what I can gather, Um, but it's funny because I would never associate that with overtraining. Did you kind of go above and beyond, or were you doing other things?
1: Yeah, you know, I think uh, this this scheduled rest days that were in his plan. I don't think I was necessarily respecting those (laughs) enough. Um, I was definitely adding in extra miles here and there. Um, Just, I I remember that summer was really, really hot too in Chicago. Um, And I would just kind of like run myself into the ground.
0: So, you were just kind of like a natural ultra marathoner right from the jump. <laughs> I mean, you were just like the more miles, the better.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but
0: oh, that's great. So, were you, it seems like most people fall into two camps. They they finish mm-hmm. that marathon, that first marathon, um, right. unless they're like super experienced and they do a marathon very late in their career, which I feel like is an anomaly. I think most right, people yeah. like those people who do marathons do it relatively quickly because they just kind of like get the bug yeah. and people either go into the, I'm never doing that shit again, or they're like, this is the best. Or I they're want hooks. more yeah. of this. Yes. Yeah. So you were kind of in the, in the second group. So how quickly do, how, how did it change your training and just your outlook on, you know, kind of scheduling races in the near and mm-hmm. long-term
1: Chicago is in October. Um, and then I think my next race um, that, following year. I think it was in January. Um, it was a half, um, along the water in Chicago. And ironically, this is right around the time, um, dating. Um, and he's probably then, um, why I started doing ultras. Um, he is so ambitious running, um, and I told him I could never run, um, 50 K or 50 miles. Um, we never even talked about a hundred miles. Um, but he convinced me that I was more than capable and strong enough to. So we signed up for a few of those and the rest is history.
0: Now, what was the training like when you started doing the longer races versus what you had done for the marathon, considering that, you know, as you, as you just mentioned, you kind of, had a very like art first timers approach to the marathon. Right. Did, did you, did you become more sophisticated uh, in your training during that time?
1: I don't know. I, you know, looking back on it, I kind of felt like I was just flying by the seat of my pants this whole time. Um, my training did change in the fact that, um, I spent more time on quality, um, maybe quantity, um, and just focus more on things, the time on my feet, um, Training for ultras, I mean, um, out on the. Uh, but I feel like I was like, okay, it's smart now. Um, kind of approached it the same way, I guess.
0: Now, how did it affect you from um, you know, your studies becoming a doctor? Because obviously, that's a grueling educational yeah. experience mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you're stepping up your training you're tra- you know you're you're going for ultra marathons mm-hmm. which in and of itself is exhausting now yeah. how how was that interplay between the two like how were you how were you able to recover and still focus on what you needed to focus on because you just sure. mentioned before like that you had some regrets academically in college mm-hmm. i'm assuming right. that you that that probably yeah. had stuck with you a little bit you yeah you, know, you wanted to kind of make the most of this experience
1: hmm you know, I, I feel like I've always been one of those types of people that the busier I am, um, the better I am at managing my time, um, and kind of doing the best, uh, my best work when I'm busy. Um, and I felt like when we started training harder and longer for these ultras, um, I was so passionate about it. I loved the sport and I, I, I guess I just kind of really appreciated the time that we spent training um, and the time that the times that we weren't training and recovering. I felt like I was like, okay, if I can just really focus on schoolwork um, and the other important aspects of my life, I always knew that I had the training and the races to kind of come back to. um, And I guess it really just came down to effective time management um, and maybe just growing up, too.
0: Yeah, and how did your diet change during this? Because yeah. anyone who's ever <laughs> trained, trained for a marathon knows what it's like right. from a hunger perspective and yeah. and you know especially when you're new to it, you mm-hmm. might not make the best dietary choices or even when you're even when you've done it for 10 years you might not make the yeah. best dietary choices. But I think <laughs> I would assume that as you run more miles you just keep getting hungrier and hungrier.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. So I feel like back then when we first started um, doing ultras, I kind of well, you can eat whatever the heck you want, whenever you want. (laughs) Um, I definitely didn't really restrict myself in any way. Um, but I can definitely say when we started on this whole journey, there weren't really any, like going out to bars and clubbing and things like that. Um, we definitely cut out that aspect, um, in order to just have the time and the health, uh, to be able to keep up with the training.
0: Yeah, right. You can't burn the candle on three ends.
1: Yeah, <laughs> between the running, no. and the academics,
0: and yeah. the social. Exactly. So. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that would be tough. So yeah. what? So when you say you weren't restricted, does that mean like, all right, so you weren't going out at night and going bananas? But it was like, all right, like if you're driving past a drive-through, you're pulling in, or if it was like, yeah. oh, we're just getting pizza tonight, I really don't Defin- care. We
1: we were definitely like, okay, we just ran like. 27 miles like down Lakeshore, we can get three pizzas tonight <laughs> that's that's definitely how we were approaching everything um back then <laughs>
0: that sounds great yeah. i don't see a reason to change Stephanie. I don't, yeah that sounds like you're living the dream right there
1: yeah i mean i will say we have definitely cleaned up our nutrition um and i feel like it's made a huge difference um for you guys that I don't know for any of you that listened to, um, Heather Larson, um, you had her on a guest. She's an incredible dietitian, um, and just all of her wisdom to, it, I mean, nutrition is part of your training too. You you can't just throw crud into your engine and expect it to run, um, in tip top shape. So I will, I will say we've cleaned up that aspect, um, of our
0: training. That's it. That's great. I, I definitely want to talk about that because yeah. was that a slow evolution for you, or did you make a drastic change? Like, was it? Like, um, was it? Was it like? Were you able to notice the difference in the, like at the time, or was it in retrospect you could you can notice?
1: Well, you know what? The main reason why we did that, um, and we we kind of started on this whole cl- really cleaning up our diet about a year and a half ago. Um, and a year and a half ago, I was going through a lot of health issues. Um, I had had Numerous testing done. Um, I had just tons of GI issues. Really, really low iron levels. Um, I had super low hemoglobin. um, And it was just time to make a nutritional
0: change for sure. Okay. Did you, did you test things out? Were you going a little like trial and error on it? Or did you have a kind of an idea in mind that you were able to stick with?
1: Um, My husband did a ton of research um, and, We kind of, we started out on more of a ketogenic diet, um, which I know for many is counterintuitive, especially for ultra running and things. Um, but we were, I mean, we weren't like a medicinal ketogenic, um, diet or anything like that. Um, we still ate quality carbs, um, but just in whole food, my husband, the research that he did, um you know, thought it was worth a shot in order to help try to cure, like, all the, just the severe GI issues that I had been having. Um, I'd pretty much gone to three different um, physicians, and they all told me, well, I think you're just running too much. Um, It's probably just jarring on your body. Um,
0: You know, we all hear
1: about, like, the runner's trots and things like that, but I knew, I knew there was another solution, Um, and so we turned to that.
0: Right, especially if, like, he's running the same mile as you are and he's fine. Right, You're probably right, like, exactly. no, dude, like, it's yeah. not just the running.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, I bet that just can't be it, so.
0: Yeah, I saw a great line. I'm trying to remember who who, who put it out there. Um, you know who it was? It was, it was Natalie Mitchell who mm-hmm. was on this show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. She, she, she tweeted out something I thought was hysterical. She was mm-hmm. like, if you go see your doctor – and your doctor starts shaking his head or her head when you uh-huh. tell them how many miles he ran over the weekend, it's time to get a new doctor.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so like old school and it's, it's just never even appropriate or the right thing to say to a runner or an athlete. So. Or...
0: And you're a doctor. You're, you're yeah. speaking from experience here. This <laughs> right. is your own professional dictatorial, yeah. exp- you know, this is your word here.
1: Yeah. I mean, if a patient comes to you and says, you know, this is my, Passion. This is what makes me happy. Um, this is what I use to keep my stress levels in check. I mean, even if in your mind you thought, "Okay, this person is a little nuts. They need to cut back on this activity," you would never outright say that. Um, it's just, it's just you just don't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know that certainly does. And it's funny because I've, I've, uh, I've had a similar issue with a doctor, but he backed yeah. off pretty quick. So it was yeah. pretty funny. He was just kinda That's like, uh, all right, yeah, whatever. All right, yeah. So he's like, Oh, oh, he's "Cause he said something like, Oh, I know you're just running because of this blog you have. I'm like, it's a podcast. Oh my gosh. But yeah. in addition, um, the running came first. Yeah. He's he... like he's like, All right, fine, whatever. Are right, you just just do whatever you want. Fine, all right. <laughs>
1: You're like, yeah, I, I ran my 800s today solely because of my podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. yes, Yeah. (laughs) If you're, if you're struggling with motivation, start a podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the cure for all motivational problems. Um, no, that's, that's, that's funny. Well, so, so once you figured out, or so you tried the ketogenic diet. So, um, if you're working with Heather Larson now, I'm assuming that you're still not, you're not, not doing that necessarily anymore.
1: Um, I'm not, I mean, we in court, we still incorporate like the high fats and things, but we've definitely worked in work art just to keep up with the workload. Um, I still have, I still have kept a few things, um, out of my diet just, um, because I felt like it's really, um, eliminating a few things has really helped with my GI issues. Um, but no, definitely, we've definitely modified things. Um, and, I'm, I'm feeling great. So, and I, I'm not having any of those health issues that I've had in the past. So.
0: Yeah. That, that, that must take like, that must just be so freeing. Right. Yeah. Like this complete oh, yeah. burden off your shoulders. Right. Yeah. Like it's like every run, you must just be like, I don't know what's going to happen now.
1: Yeah, I know. And I just, I felt so drained to um, just with the low hemoglobin. Um, I mean, I was thinking back, uh, back in 2015 when I, I was probably the most sick, Um, I, I was in Maui for my sister's wedding, um, and the morning of her wedding, she was like, Steph, let's go on this, just a quick like shakeout run, you know, before things get crazy. I'm like, yeah, for sure. Let's go. And I remember we only ran two miles. Um, and I, I was so tired. I was so fatigued. I just, I felt bloated. And I remember looking down at my Garmin and I was going like 9:40 pace and it felt horrendous (laughs) it felt like such a slog and a struggle um so it's it was interesting for me to think back to that time um especially this past weekend um you know i'm so grateful for a half marriage thinking about how different those pace um and just i just feel grateful to not feel so cruddy anymore to be honest
0: (laughs) it's interesting especially with women now iron issues um, can be so prevalent with mm-hmm. women runners specifically, and yeah. I was yeah. I don't, I don't know the the, you know, the physiology behind that, but mm-hmm. um, it, it is pretty common. It's interesting that even someone with your medical background didn't necessarily pick up on the signals right I away. I know,
1: yeah. I I you know honestly, I think it was because I was like right smack dab in the middle of residency, um, too, and that was like my intern year also. So I just – I guess I just attributed just all the fatigue just to work um, and the crazy hours and being on call and things like that. Um, I, In hindsight, I'm like, why didn't I put the two and two together? Um, but, you know, I guess <laughs> things just slipped past all of us. So
0: There you go. And you yeah. found out over time. Yeah. So you, <laughs> right. you, you got there. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. No, that's good. So, all right. So we're going to do a quick – Quick shout out to our sponsor this week for the show, which I I can't be more thankful for. So run for PR's coaching. Run for PR's coaching, as you heard in the intro. They're there for runners at all times. And these are very experienced coaches. In fact, if you want to get a heads up on how good they are, that's exactly who Stephanie is talking about when she's referencing her coach. She's Victoria Philippi was her coach as well. This was not the plan to have Stephanie on the day that we're going to be pumping up um, for PRS coaching, but here she is. So um, the thing about coaching, and I say this all the time, is that consistency is the key to getting better. This is not news to people. However, people don't realize how long consistency means. It's not just for one training cycle, right? Right, Stephanie? You can't just be consistent for one training (laughs) cycle. We're talking about years here. And in order to do that, there's a lot of things that come up. You're going to have a lot of challenges, whether that's potential iron issues, nutrition issues, you know, day-to-day workout issues, or just making sure that you're on the right path. And that's where a coach can be so helpful. So if you go to run4prs.co, you can check them out. You can get, um, you know, you'll have kind of a consultation. You'll see if it's a good fit for you. And if it is, let them know you heard about it from the rambling runner podcast. So with that all being said, here you are. So you've done amazing things since the first couple of years, you started really getting into marathons. So how, so now say the past year and a half or so Mm -hmm. you have run a ton of races a ton of, yeah. of marathons as well so yeah. can you just say like the in 2018 can you just run down the schedule do you know what <laughs> you've run so many you ain't you to say them off the top of your head but do you I know, know. <laughs> what you've been able to do since the spring
1: okay so let's uh, let me start from the top here um so in this past fall was when i decided to really start getting more serious about my training um so i think my first race in 2018 um That was a half marathon in Michigan. Um, The gross, uh, or sorry, the, I'm like drawing a blank. Uh, It's, oh, the Rock CF half marathon. That was in March. Um, And then I ran the Glass City Marathon in Toledo in April, um, where I got my first Boston qualifier. Um, So that was exciting. And then in May... I ran a one. I ran a 100k, um, and then I ran a 50 miler in Pennsylvania, and then I ran the San Diego 100 um, in June, and then (laughs) I'm trying to think. And then I had a 10k um, here in Colorado in July. Um, I had a 20k trail race. Uh, I had the continental divide 50 K a, a few weeks later, and then that led me into run rabbit run, uh, and then, uh, the Lululemon Wees half this past weekend.
0: <laughs> That's a lot. So, I'm like, so, i th- like, right. I
1: think I got all of them. I don't know.
0: All right. So let's go back to January 1st. Okay. So, so when you were saying pl- all right, what does 2018 have in store for me? Is this what you pictured? Is this something that you were, that you went out there and said, Hey, this is a year I'm going to run a ton of races. I'm not only, not only going to try to improve and become a better runner, but I'm going to test myself in a lot of different ways in a lot of different areas.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm 29 years old right now. I'll be 30, um, in 2019. And I don't know. I just kind of had this shift. I've been through races, um, over the years. Um, not, but not super serious about my training. um, I'd actually really been more focused on trails and ultras um, over the past couple years. And I had been told, uh, you know, I had always had in my mind um, that I wanted to qualify for Boston before I turned 30. It's kind of like a bucket list thing for me. Um, but I'd, I'd been told by a handful of people actually that it really just probably wasn't in the cards for me. Um, they're like, you know, it's really hard for ultra runners to transition back to the road or to get quicker, you know, they're like your body's so used to going at that slower pace on the trails, um, that you just kind of have to wait till you get older. And I've been told that quite a bit and I thought, you know what, I kind of want to prove all those naysayers wrong and go for it. So I decided to hire a coach and get smarter about my training, um, and just go for it. So I,
0: Oh, no, go ahead. That's so interesting because, like, it's, like, it's so funny. <laughs> it, it's, like, it's, it's almost counterintuitive to another argument. It's, like, basically the opposite to another bad argument.
1: Yeah. Of,
0: like, <laughs> you can't, you're not going to get faster when you get older. Right. right? It's yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah. not necessarily. I mean, obviously, I you might be faster at 20 than you are at 100. But there's right. a lot of steps in between. And this yeah. It's, like, almost, like, the reverse of that argument, but equally mm-hmm. as bad.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Because it's so random. It's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I have to wait till I get older? I know to get faster, especially if it's race like the marathon. Mm-hmm. is like, it's like still like what ninety nine percent aerobic versus yeah. like one percent right. like power based.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't so know. So interesting. So I know. interesting.
0: So did you have? It's, it's also like there's plenty of people who do both, right? It's not like you were in yeah. this like this, this camp of like are you either a marathoner or an ultra runner right or is there or or, 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 maybe i shouldn't say that is there is there some sort of like um culture difference there between the two between the the, the, that maybe i I might not be tied into
1: i was just gonna say honestly i i don't i there definitely are runners i'm sure i don't want to say like oh i'm the only one there i'm sure there are tons of runners out there that are both are passionate both about the road and the trail Uh, very talented um, elite runners that do both. But like traditionally though, I feel like there is like a a cultural difference between the two uh, trail versus road running. Um, And maybe it's not like there's a dislike between the two, but they're just both really different. Um, And I I even noticed that too here in, um, we live in Colorado, but during certain trail races here you know I'll I'll start talking to another runner out on the course and they're like so what's up what's next um for you on your race schedule and things and I'm like well I'm actually kind of wrapping up my ultra season um and kind of diving headfirst into training for CIM and they're like wait what and they're like why would you want to do that (laughs) I'm like well I I love road running too um just as much as the trails um there's I don't know. I don't want to say there's pros and cons to both, but there's, I don't know. There's upsides to both. And I really, when it just comes down to it, I just love to run. So I'll do it on any surface.
0: <laughs> so just to play like both sides of the argument, not that yeah. it's an argument. I shouldn't say it sure. like that. That's just too no. dramatic. Yeah. But um, so like, so say like in the ultra community and I'm not painting with a broad brush but if someone was to take the, like take the point of view that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. right? Like, all right, why would you want to run CIM? What would be like their thought process about like why that wouldn't be like the desirable path?
1: Um, I don't know. Maybe because it's, I don't know. The, I, a lot of the idea with like trail running and ultra running is, you know, you're, you're pretty much getting to run in these, beautiful oftentimes secluded areas off like oftentimes the places that you're running during these these long trail races no one really is out there on foot like you're probably in the very small percentage of people that are getting to see those trails and those views um so i feel like sometimes um trail runners or the community you know i don't want to like you said paint everyone the same but they kind of look at road running as like I don't know, not boring, but just not as scenic or not as adventurous, maybe.
0: Kind of like different personality types would, would kind yeah. of align themselves with 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 certain with with the either or type thing. Yeah.
1: yeah, I would think so. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's interesting. And obviously you do both. So that, that kind of like shoots a hole in that argument. But it's um yeah, because yeah, you also have the situation where like it also depends on where you live.
1: Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I
0: feel like, where, so you live in Colorado. Is it Evergreen, mm-hmm. Colorado? Yep.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: So, I mean, first of all, that sounds like, basically it sounds like Pleasantville for runners. <laughs> like, Evergreen, Colorado. You know, where like the trails are endless. Yeah, it's like, I can, like, see that, like, on travel posters somewhere. But it's like, I, where I live, like, running on trails isn't possible unless I get in my car. Right. Yeah. And, like, drive half drive for half an hour. Which is mm-hmm. like... Would be a wonderful thing to do if I had all the time on the weekends, but isn't really useful like in the time frame on a weekday when I can actually get a run in so yeah. it, it it can be also like very regionalized in terms mm-hmm. of like making the choice between oh, yeah. which one you want to pursue,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely so when like for example um we were living in the Detroit area um up until this past July when we moved to Colorado. Um, Michigan's a beautiful state and they do, you know, we did have access to trails, but they weren't, they were nowhere near, you know, the caliber that the trails that Colorado has obviously. Um, and they were, they just weren't, um, we weren't able to get there on foot. We'd have to plan out, you know, okay, in order to get to this mountain biking trail, we're going to have to drive over an hour to get there. Um, so, I mean, I could, I could see how it would be, it would be really difficult, um, in certain areas, uh, to really dive headfirst into training. Um, so.
0: Now, how does your training differ when you're say training for like, say the San Diego 100, which seemed to was kind of like, was that like one of a goal rate, like a goal race for you or a targeted race? Yeah. So like like comparing that to like, say CIM, like how would your training differ for each of those?
1: So, um, for San Diego 100, um, well, first of all, I I wanted to get my spring marathon in before. So I really didn't transition or change up my training until after um Glass City was was over with. I really was a race as well. Um but once um that was over with, um I kind of transitioned more into I think I mentioned it before, but um So I feel like my weakness as an ultra runner is 100% night running. Um, I get cranky and tired um, through the night. So my coach, Victoria, definitely had me start incorporating, um, you know, starting out, you know, a 27 miler um, right at sunset um, and just (laughs) running through the night um, so I could, really just attack my weakness head on um and get those miles in. Um, which a lot of it is mental anyway. So
0: Well, I will say that it worked because Randy Orm <laughs> was talking to me. Yeah. She was saying because she helped crew for you and ran with yep. you, I think what around like three AM? Yeah. Roughly around there in San Diego one hundred. Yep. And she was saying you were a beast that you like oh completely my killed it. <laughs> In fact, she was saying, and I want to hear more about this, but that some sure. woman, this poor woman in front of you on the trail, like, started um, getting a little paranoid. And you were, like about, like, about like where, where, where you were, whether you guys were on oh, the right geez. path or not. <laughs> and, like, again, I'm not throwing shade at all. If you run the senior sure. 100, like, you got all the respect in the world out of me, oh. man. Like, right. whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, there, like there's, there's no shade here. But you yeah. were just, like, super confident, like, no we're good It just kind of like kept on going like she was she was like in awe of your ability to handle it
1: oh my gosh well you know what that was i felt like to me that was an anomaly race because i had in the pre this i've completed four 100s um now and the three previous 100s i felt like i just totally night um just like I said, just getting whiny and being like, "Why are we doing this? Why am I out here? Why did I ever think this was a good idea?" Um, but I don't know. I think I had just had to a mindset uh, change, especially in San Diego. Um, and I, I don't know. I was just this time around, I was able to push through, um, and I felt like I was out there. I want. Well, I was out there by choice, but. I kept reminding myself, I'm like, no one's forcing you to do this right now. No one, no one, you know, forced your hand to sign up for this. So give it a shot.
0: So was it that sort of self-talk that you feel like helped got you through? Or was it the the change in training? Or if you could like Um, kind of rank the ways in which you were able to kind of get over that hurdle. What would you, how would you, how would you, how would you rank them?
1: Sure. So I would definitely say that my training was a big factor in it. Um, I had, I had had some strong race performances, um, earlier in 2018 that gave, I think just gave me the the confidence, um, just in my physical strength too. Um, but just the fact that I'm like, okay, I set goals, um, for this year I've achieved, you know, a handful of them. There's nothing holding me back from achieving this goal and finishing this hundred miler, you know, stronger than I have any of the other ones. Um, and two, I also feel like um, my mom's best friend um, was diagnosed with um, metastatic breast cancer earlier in the year. And she's like my second mom. Um, and you know, what? I think I was listening. She's um, an Australian runner. Her name's Samantha Gash. Um, I listened to her on a podcast and she talked about When you're in a situation like that, especially like a hundred mile ultra, um, she talked about linking your pain, um, elsewhere and kind of running for someone else and for something greater than yourself. So this whole entire year, I've really, all the races that I've ran, I've always had my mom's best friend in my mind. Um, and it's kind of one of those things where I, I, it's kind of a phrase I say a lot, but when you know your why you can pretty much bear any how. Um, and I felt that way during San Diego. Um, it's like, I, I knew why I was running. I knew, um, that there are so many other people out there going through way crappier pain, you know, than I was choosing to run a hundred miles. Um, and I just kind of connected that physical suffering during that race to something bigger than myself. And I felt like that also helped me get through it.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I think there's, there's been a lot of literature that I've read about that, that same point about focusing mm-hmm. externally. Yeah. Can, can basically, you know, alleviate, not alleviate, but I guess alleviate the perception of what's going yeah. on internally. I mean, yeah. whatever's happening in your body did not necessarily stop happening. Right. But because yeah. you're not focusing on it.
1: yeah. Um,
0: but I shouldn't say that. maybe maybe it does. I mean who knows? Maybe the mind does have some some power over the body in that sense. But um I feel like that that has been well documented by focusing on other people it absolutely changes perception of effort or at right. least perception of suffering.
1: Yeah, and I mean so many people say they're like I don't know how you do ultras. You know, I could never do that. And I'm like you're wrong. I'm like you any I, th- I say this over and over again. I feel like anyone can put in the training and go out there and crush an ultra. It's just all in your mind. It's such a mental sport. Um, and your body will really do anything that the mind tells it it can do. Um, in those like <laughs> wee hours of the morning when you feel terrible and you just don't want to go any further.
0: so. So what kind of training do you need to complete a 100 mile race obviously it's not completely Mm -hmm. mental so you have to have a certain amount of physical threshold that you've (laughs) achieved so like for you like what what Mm -hmm. is the minimum level standard that you need to reach to feel comfortable going into a 100 miler sure and then obviously from that point on you know then it becomes a mental challenge because you've Mm -hmm. reached the physical necessity
1: for me um i really like to get in a quality 50 mile race, um, as well as either using like a 24 hour race, um, and where you can kind of choose however long you want to go either a 24 hour race or, or a hundred K, um, kind of at the peak, um, of your training going into a hundred miler. Um, I think those two races are really key. Um, and it's, it's obviously hard to run 62 miles that's not in a race setting, (laughs) just logistics wise. So, um, I, I think it's important to get one of those distance or both of those uh, race distances in uh leading up to a 100 mile race.
0: You can't um, just pull you just back up your car <laughs> to like a 1 mile loop and put 62 water bottles on <laughs> your on your trunk and just make I know. it happen.
1: <laughs> I mean, you technically I mean that would be some pretty intense mental training that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
0: but I know right cuz you there's some people who do the 24 hour races on a track. Yeah, and, and that then... <laughs> is like Talk about a mental effort! My yeah. God, I don't even want to run like a ten k on the track.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I ran um, this past. I think it was. It was either May. Yeah, in May, um, my husband and I used a 24 hour race on a track um, as a training run uh, leading into San Diego. So,
0: <laughs> are you still dizzy?
1: <laughs> well, luckily they did like washing machine, washing machine style. So they, I think they switched it up every two hours the direction. But oh, thank God! I was ultra sunburnt. I think that was the most sunburnt I'd ever been in my entire life. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, that is. I mean, do you? Do you even try to keep track of how far you've gone? I'm assuming not, right? you just gone.
1: No, but they do. They do have like lap counters um, that are sitting um, all in the same area and you kind of have to make eye contact with them and raise your hand and they shout out. They shout, usually shout out to you, um, like your lap number or the mileage that you've gone. So
0: interesting. All right. Yeah. So you've done, you've done all these crazy races. You've run <laughs> very far in training. You've run very far, um, you know, a variety of ultra marathons, yeah. However, here you are getting faster, running a <laughs> 130, setting a PR and a half on tired legs a week after running 54 miles in a trail race. This is where we left off
1: almost yeah. an hour
0: ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's so you meant you just mentioned that people can do things much greater than they think they can, that the body is capable of so much more, yeah. So when you look at a marathon because a lot of people who are listening to this probably aren't ultra marathoners We probably cater more (laughs) to the roadrunner set sure what what do you think you're capable of doing in a marathon because you obviously have the aerobic capacity (laughs) and you certainly have the speed if you're out there running 648 miles for a half marathon on tired legs
1: oh well thank you confidence um you know actually that is Next on my set of goals, um, I would really love to be able to break three hours um, in the road marathon um, and I know that it's a stretch and I know that I have some time to take off but i I would love to be able to do that and I I think i'm I'm able to so I'm just gonna keep working at it um, and being patient you know it's not gonna happen overnight but um, I love the journey um, over anything. Um, the journey of the training, um, the workouts. Um, so I don't know. I just kind of want to see what I've got and work towards that goal of breaking three, hopefully.
0: And hopefully you can resist running an ultra marathon over Thanksgiving <laughs> the week before the right. race.
1: <laughs> I know. I don't think um, my coach would be too pleased if I just threw in some surprise ultras on the way. So
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no more great job <laughs> posts coming from run for PRs Instagram. If, if you, if you know. throw that one in there. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much yeah. for taking the time to come on this show. I really appreciate um, it. Following you, you has so been much. so motivational. Again, I oh. I'm not like a big hype on motivation person because like, you know, once you get tired in the middle of a run, the motivation's gone anyway. You just have to figure it out. Yeah. Um yeah. but it, it really is interesting to see you doing all of these things because like you just said, that you're you're, you know, in so many words that anyone's capable of doing this, you just have to decide to put in the effort which is not an easy thing it's a lot harder said than done i'm sorry yeah it's a lot harder done than said but um Mm -hmm. but i think that's a great point and i think that's one of the common themes that has popped up on this show a lot is that exact same thing
1: yeah for sure
0: so with that being said I'm gonna dive into the last few questions here that i like to do on every episode so when you're out there running are you going headphones or no headphones
1: You know, usually no headphones, um, especially if I'm outside. Um, if I'm inside, I mean, I'm rarely running on the treadmill, but if I am, I'm usually listening to the rambling runner podcast. Oh, I
0: didn't give you (laughs) enough money to say that. Um, so what, so what's, why wouldn't you listen to them outside then?
1: Um, I don't know. You know, I'm not to sound like so cliche, but I really am such a mental person when I'm running. Um, and for me, um, listen sometimes becomes a distraction um to me uh when i'm trying to hit a certain pace or even during recovery runs sometimes i i really if i'm outside i really just love to enjoy the trail or the surroundings and just kind of unplug as opposed to listening to
0: something i agree with you when i'm running on the trails i don't i don't like to listen to music there's enough going yeah right but if i'm just running down the bike path i'm like yeah music please for yeah. the same reason that you probably mm-hmm. feel the same way about the treadmill.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, so you already said what you're listening to. I don't completely <laughs> believe you, but I do appreciate the heads up. I do appreciate the love. <laughs> um, all right, so advice. What, what? What's some advice that you give other runners that you have trouble following?
1: Um, <laughs> definitely respecting those recovery days um, I guess that's always been a weakness of mine um, even back to those Hal Higdon um, beginner days um, I, I always go out too fast on my recovery days and I I really need to slow it down because those all those days have a purpose um, and I don't want to you know get injured or run myself into the ground um, but I always find myself telling other runners that too so that's something that I could definitely take my own advice
0: yeah, it's, like, also, it's not a good gauge of improvement. Mm-hmm. I went through this one phase, I think it was, like, a year and a half ago, where, like, I was, like, lowering this time on my easy run. And, granted, I was getting faster in other areas, so it wasn't, mm-hmm. like, this mirage. But right. I, like, had some, like, pride attached to it, where I it was, know, like, I know. hey, I'm running my easy runs at 8.05 now. Like, yeah. I must be getting in a lot better shape. It's like,
1: <laughs> right. it's,
0: like, yes, you are getting in shape, doofus, but it's because of the workouts, like,
1: yeah. knock it no, off. Right, right. I know. It's – I don't know. It was on Twitter or something talking about um, Ketogi's Kik- pace um, somewhere – you know, it was definitely somewhere in the eights. Um, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's time to stay, take take a step back. Or if he's running um, in the eight for his recovery paces, I should probably be running much slower than I am. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I saw that thread, and it like God, that was like an hour long rabbit hole. That thread because it was yeah. like because everyone like then brought up every single article or video he'd ever been. I in know, and then was yeah. like looking at the recovery paces, and it basically it kind of came out to like he might start at eight,
1: yeah, but
0: like maybe finish around right. like seven or six forty five. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah. still, stay he stay he ran him at six forty five pace. Let's just mm-hmm. say that, right, right. That's more than two minutes per mile slower than his marathon pace.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, say
0: your goal marathon pace is seven-ish, mm-hmm. right. right? 6.48 yes. to seven. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're running, your easy paces at 8.48 to nine. Again, mm-hmm. granted, like, this is the relative increase percentage-wise would be more than Kipchoge's, but, um,
1: right.
0: you know, the point's still there. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right. So, what is, all right not, I'm skipping a question here. All right. If you have one more race that you can do for the rest of your life, but you can do it every year, what race would that be? Uh,
1: You know, my answer to this is it's kind of cheating because I haven't run this race or I I kind of have two races, I guess, um, that I would choose to run each year, Uh, but I haven't run either of them, but I guess if I could choose two, I would want to run Boston
0: and Western States 100. Boom. So this is like, you're like combining this question with the next question, which is the bucket list race. So your bucket list races that you want, not only your bucket list races, but you want to run them every year as well. It would be Boston and Western States.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I'm also going to throw UTMB on there for the bucket list race, but not to run every year.
0: (laughs) Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Now, what about, obviously those are both iconic races and And so, so what is the process by which it would take for you to get into Western States?
1: So it's a lottery system. Um, they only allow 369 runners to tow that start line every year. Um, once you start that qualification process, um, they have a list of a hundred mile races that they take as qualifying runs. Um, so I ran a hundred miler, um, last year and qualified for it. Um, um but you pretty much have to run a qualifying race so it's usually a hundred miler there's a handful of 100ks on the list but there's not not too many of those um you have to run
0: consecutive
1: years in order to get more tickets into that lottery hat if that makes sense
0: okay and are you in the lottery again this year
1: i am yeah with uh san diego 100 gave me another qualification for that so
0: yeah that's what that's what i thought so yeah that's great so is it one of those things where if you get in you're automatically going to do it like no questions asked
1: yeah 100 <laughs> percent
0: and that scene race was one heck of a race because yeah so many people dropped out your your main man unfortunately didn't finish as I'm, well and it's just the weather was so oh brutal. so bad
1: i know it really was it was i can't even remember what they said but it was like I think it, it ended up being like 102 degrees real feel with the UV index. Um, it, it was just, it was almost like a death march at some point. point
0: so I where is like. it in San Diego? Cause I lived out there sure. for a summer after college. Yeah. So I lived in the mm-hmm. first half of the summer. I lived in Coronado and then, which is not hot. Right. Um, and then the other half I lived in, out in Poway.
1: Yeah. Which it's, is brutal. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the inland towns in San Diego can be so hot, like especially during the summer. So the San Diego 100 um, is out by Lake um, Cuyamaca. So um, just you go up the mountain kind of drive through um, Ramona and then you hit Julian um, and you just keep going until you hit the Cuyamaca area out there.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. yeah Ramona. I mean, I've been to the Verona yeah. Casino out there. Oh, so yeah. I, so that's <laughs> I been, went through Ramona yeah. a bunch that whole summer. Actually, my summer job was playing. Blackjack at the Barona Casino. Oh
1: my god! Out, out
0: in that area, we went every day. <laughs> that's awesome. That was, that was my summer job.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> not, not uh, not the best movie It actually worked out. I don't. I can't even explain how that worked out, but it did. Anyway, no, that's. I mean, that's just straight desert. Yeah, yeah. I mean, C Sand- You hear Sandy One Hundred? you think, oh, nice, like right? It's beautiful urban area along the water. Like, no, that's the desert. No, man.
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there was there was a ton of climbing during that race too. I I don't remember the exact stats, but um, and it's so dry out there. So
0: there you go. All right, last one. Who's your dream running partner?
1: Oh my gosh, this is a tough question.
0: You know this was coming, Steph.
1: I know I did. Well, hmm, Um, I don't know. Maybe here. Let me think about this. I'm gonna have to go with Shalane or Desi, or Kira. Any of those three.
0: All right. So, does how how far away does Kira live from you? She's a Colorado resident. I know it's a huge state.
1: Yeah, I don't know if she lives here anymore though. Oh, okay. Um, but I know, I know she went to Boulder, yeah, right. for college, yeah
0: okay i thought she was still out there i don't know why anyway um yeah well those those are like the big three right of this generation
1: yeah
0: (laughs) that's for sure i should i should throw amy hastings or amy craig in there as well um so all right well thank you so much for coming on the show this was so much fun i really appreciate it um and uh well good luck with your training for cim i can't wait to follow
1: along thank you so much matt i really appreciate you having me on
0: my pleasure have a great night
1: Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you, Stephanie, for coming on the show. This was so much fun. I love all of these conversations. I really am blessed to have great guests on this show. It's like, it is the best part about doing this. This is why I absolutely love doing the podcast. Talk to people like Stephanie. That's for sure. Also, a big shout out to Run for PRs. Hey, if, if a professional runner needs a coach, then you know you need a coach. So stop slacking. Go get a new coach. And if you're going to do that, might as well check out Run for PR's coaching. Go to runforprs.co and mention the Rambling Runner podcast. When you do, you will not regret it. That's for sure. Also, big ups to Megaton Coffee, helping fuel the Rambling Runner podcast. Go to megatoncoffee.com to check it out. You will not regret it. So... Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing the show and tagging me every time you do over on the socials. It, uh, it's always nice to see. I really appreciate it. And it kind of keeps me, it lets me know how much you like the show and if there's certain things I can improve on and which shows are really resonating with you. So thanks again and happy running.